Good morning and welcome to Morning Java, brought to you as always by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they are still doing curbside delivery, and they also have Ramon brought back the Pilgrim. Do you know what the Pilgrim is? I feel like, is this a sandwich that has like the, uh, you, the turkey? You know this, yes. Yes, yes. hey, <laughs> I pay attention around here. here. That's right. Well, you also had a get-go right behind the Steelers practice facility that every all the team would go to. When I filled up on gas, yes, absolutely. I saw it plastered across the front of it. Yes, I'm with you. That's exciting. The the past couple weeks have been exciting for the Tennessee Titans for all the wrong reasons. Um, oh, you're down there in Nashville. You're doing a morning radio show. Uh, mm-hmm. First of all, just how big a deal is this down there right it's- now? It's huge, DK, like in a lot of different ways, because, you know, like I know everybody's kind of placed teams in tiers almost, especially mm-hmm. in the AFC. It's been Baltimore and KC. And then there's this other group of teams who I feel like are just as much right here than any any other teams in this league. And what's happened now with this Titans team being railroaded because of COVID testing has been one people down here are mad. But if you look across the league, it's a bunch of guys in this league who are pissed that they are given opportunity right now to continue to play or I guess delay games when if you look at the actuality of it, it's a lot of guys are starting to point out, hey, this is a you guys problem. You guys need to fix this. NFL is kind of really covering themselves a little bit. At first, I, I feel like the fan base here was a little bit, they were feeling as if it was a, an attack on this team, meaning they, uh, the Tennessee Titans. But I had to explain a little bit on air and I, at least we had the conversation about, hey, the league is going to protect itself if they put in, in protocols and say hey the other 31 teams yeah it might be a sprinkle here a sprinkle there of COVID in the locker room but collectively it hasn't been what you guys have been going on have, have had going on and that sucks for them because there's going to be a lot of bad I think comes out of this more than anything else and the fact that Florio yesterday on the station here in Nashville kind of said Mike Florio said that this could be coach's suspension this could be, you know, draft picks taken and also money taken away from the organization. When you start talking about taking draft picks, that's when you start getting people's attention. And that's what's going on right now. We don't know if that's, you know, some people report too high. Some people report too low on stuff. We don't know what's going to be the end all of this, but it is not, uh, it's not super exciting right now either. Well, here's where the, the Titans have kind of created their own drama. And part of this is where it is a you guys problem. If it is proven in this yeah. investigation between the NFL and the NFLPA, and you know what I'm going to say here, that those guys went to that school and just decided to practice on practice there on the field. Yeah. Troy Vincent, who you know mm-hmm. firsthand, is not someone to trifle with. No. No. Troy Vincent and- gave a direct order to the titans to mike rabel do not practice do not get people together and then they get caught on camera doing it oh, no. i'm sorry we're at some other level here it, it is it's, it's gonna be it can be very like very very detrimental to this organization they've done so much to build this team up they, oh, they have taken on they're yeah. taking on the coach's culture of you know how Vrabel was and seeing them now break out of the protocol and of course a lot of people are going to look at it bad simply because Nashville as a city 
has been bad with COVID cases. So they're going to say, you guys just all together aren't listening. You guys all together just are doing your own thing. And the, the point of, of the NFL doing an investigation to where they're looking at cameras, surveillance, they're tracking to see if guys have the uh, GPS trackers on around the building. Uh, the thing that I've been saying more than anything is if for whatever happened, this variable gets suspended, it's because it started with him. I had Lee Smith on my uh, show this morning from the Buffalo Bills, the tight end from the Buffalo Bills. Mm -hmm. And you could kind of hear it coming out of his voice a little bit when he said, you know, our leadership, our coach, Coach McDermott, he's the guy that put it we in our it. minds and yeah. grained it in us. And we're doing it correct. And he said it, we're doing it correctly. And he was like, and when you signed up for this, if you thought it was going to be a problem, you shouldn't have opted in. And I was like, right. that's how long. Well, no, but that, that we're hearing the same things here. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger said we got the short end of the stick here in Pittsburgh yeah. uh, because the Steelers schedule gets adversely affected. They lose their, you know, they lose their bye week. Uh, in in yeah. week eight, which is you well know is a very valuable tool in the toolkit. Yes, um, it is. I'm glad you brought up one thing though about it, about Nashville and and Tennessee in general. You know, you mentioned the the, the Titans and that there's a been a general issue when whenever the the pandemic initially broke back yeah. in March, there were two scenes that got shown nationally everywhere. One was all the beaches in Florida, and two yeah. was Broadway in Nashville. Broadway in Nashville. Where everyone yeah. was like, whatever, there's country music going on, and everybody just goes and jams Legends Corner. Uh, this is and, – and then the Nashville franchise in Major League Soccer was the one yeah. that got thrown out of their bubble because yeah. they violated the rules. So this is not something that is completely unique to the Titans, but at the same time, yeah, they are going to, I'm telling you, they are going to come and, down and something fierce here. They really are. It is. It, and, and it goes back to honestly just the responsibility of, or at least the perceived responsibility of what was supposed to happen. The one thing that they're releasing down here, I find it very uh, almost comical is how they throw the players under the buses. We don't know who this other personnel is. And I say that to say this, in my opinion, until I'm proven wrong, probably started from a coach. Oh, it Meaning has to. It guys, has to. Remember, yeah. There's no way that Ryan Tannehill and and six, seven. Derrick Henry. Yeah. Derrick Henry and set, went out there just because they they looked at each other's phones and said, oh, hey, look, cool. The guys are down at the field. There's no way. No. There's no way. Yeah. You know that culture. There's no way that happens without a coach either ordering it. Now, if the coach orders it, how do you punish the players? And that's why I'm thinking the players kind of get off a little bit. And now, if the players weren't wearing their mask around the building, that's one thing. But yeah, the yeah, players yeah. were out in bars kicking it, that's another thing. But we're talking about this sports psychology right here. Whereas, hey, you know, like I know, OTAs, oh, it's, man, it's voluntary. Tell, tell the people, DK. What's oh, it's real voluntary. Yeah. All right. All it's right, very man. voluntary with mandatory attendance and mandatory yeah. participation. So you look at this. You go to a private school, is NBA. Okay, Montgomery Bell Private School. You think nobody's going to be there or they love you enough to not share anything. And then you go to a place outside of Belmont, also a private university also. So you think nobody's going to be around or everybody's just geeky in their books. Yeah, no students and whatever mm. it's it's 2020. I, Everybody's got a yes. phone. 
<laughs> I said this. So, but yeah, you know, like I know the sports psychologist, hey guys, you got to get some reps in. So we might play this weekend. Would you force the Titans to, to accept forfeits at some point? I don't think forfeit is the answer, though. I will say that. I think if you're going to hit them, because if you forfeit, you take away a paycheck from another guy that's done the right thing. Ramon, you actually take paychecks from the other team. Which is why you have finger pointing now at this team saying, hey, this is a you guys problem. Yeah, yeah, This yeah, ain't yeah, us. Yeah. So if, guess what? If you got 46 only, line them 46 up because I'm trying to get paid. That's one thing Lee Smith said this morning was, look, oh, yeah. <laughs> I need gift cards from you guys because of Coach, McDerm Coach McDermott has made us practice more days. Like, <laughs> think about that part. Like, it's the Did he say gift cards? Stuff. That's great. Yes, he was like, leave <laughs> gift cards in the locker room because you guys are making us practice more days by pushing this game back to Tuesday. So, Moan, the, the lads have had some free time here in Pittsburgh. Um, and that allows a chance for them to communicate with Oh, you know, certain prominent former teammates. Yeah. Um, what have you been hearing from Pittsburgh? Man, I, I was telling you a little bit, man. I felt I feel the love. I felt special about what I, I did in Pittsburgh, meaning that I wasn't a, 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 a front of the stadium type of guy as far as, you know, your Ben, your Pounces, you know, when Heath was there. But the, my impact, I guess, I left on that building has is starting to show itself a little bit. I had a, a coach hit me up, uh, which he can now because I'm not a lady, Coach Danny Smith, just randomly yesterday. Mo, man, we missed the hell out of you, man, man. I hope everything is going well, but I'll tell you what, the building's a little bit different with you not around, man. Hope you're oh, doing wow. well. I love you, my brother. Like, that's what he said to me. And you know Coach Smith like I do. You can hear Coach Smith. You could probably hear him in Hendersonville, Tennessee, his voice bouncing yeah. off of the hillsides. <laughs> yeah, I know. But he's a no-nonsense type of guy, though. So for him to express that to me, and I also had Rodane, uh, who was assistant uh, strength coach in the weight room, reach mm -hmm. out to me, like, I hadn't said anything, had done. He's like, Mom, man, we miss you around here. Hope your family's doing good, man. We could really use you in the building to lead the lift up spirits or to keep guys going, man. We appreciate you and we miss you and we love you. I was just like, man, that, that hit me in the feels a little bit because you do a job and it's a job, but you grow in a family. And that's what I feel like Pittsburgh has been to me. It is a family. I heard somebody tell me uh, when I retired, um, that they saw Coach Tomlin do something that he's never done before with anybody that's ever walked away from the game. And I was like, what? It was like, man, he stopped the meetings that we were in. And he was just saying, like, <clears throat> Ramon leaving is not just somebody walking away from the game. This is a, a big void that has to be filled, not by one person, but multiple people. And we're going to miss him more off the field and on the field because of what he brought to this entire organization. And that right there was one of those you look for, everybody looks for a little bit of, uh, I guess, validation, you know, about. Well, you talk you know, all the time about when, when you talked about your career in, in Pittsburgh, you have used the word legacy a lot. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I get that. I think sometimes when you hear the, the common usage of that term is like, Hall of Fame player, you know, yeah. a, a legacy. And that's not what you're referring to. You're talking mm -hmm. about leaving a mark. Um, the player who, who best worded that for me in your room was Brett Kiesel. 
Yeah. Um, that won't surprise you, obviously, but sharing no. with sharing with the viewers, he said, you have to understand, I came here and he's talking about the defensive line. Mm-hmm. I came here and I followed a legacy and a pattern that was put in place that began with Joe Green, that continued mm-hmm. with Elsie Greenwood, Dwight White, Ernie Holmes, and continued wow. on through Aaron Smith and everybody else that came yeah. along. And he said, but there's a certain way that we as defensive linemen conduct ourselves in the community. There's certain things that we pass on. And now, mm-hmm. of course, everyone knows that that mantle is in the, in the pretty good hands of number 97. Yeah. But he, but he says the same thing and he does the same thing. And then he instills the same things. Uh, he did it with Stefan to when he came along. Yeah. And, and now you watch, they're going to be doing it with Carlos Davis, the rookie, and they're going to, and it's just going to go on and on and on because the Steelers as a franchise, as Brett Kiesel would constantly yeah. remind everybody, were built off the number one overall pick in the 1969 NFL draft on yes. a defensive lineman who is still the greatest player in Pittsburgh football history. Yeah. Um, and, and there's, that's, that's when they talk about it, when they, when there's in communication, just so people understand what, what's meant mm-hmm. by legacy here. It's that I contributed. I helped yeah. with the continuation. Um, I can see you with your personality missing that every bit as much as running out of the tunnel. Oh, that, if, if for anything, people ask me if I missed the game and I'm like, no. And they're like, you don't, I'm like, no, I want to sit back and enjoy this. Like I'm enjoying doing this with you. I'm enjoying doing my morning show. Like, I'm enjoying watching my kids, watching the games. I'm enjoying all of that. The game, no. The guys, the locker room, the environment, the pettiness that would have come about last week when we missed the game with the Titans, me being a Tennessee native. Like, we all would have surrounded you. All yes, of us. you would have surrounded you every day. Bro. What do you think about this? What do you think about this? What should the league do? What do you, you think know. do? So it would have been like I'd have had something tripping, like trending, like this is a y'all problem. This ain't us. Like, <laughs> it's like getting them laughs out of people. Like I know guys were pissed last like, so week because heck, Eric Ebron even said it. Like they should forfeit. Okay, oh, yeah. like he said, you four know, week eight five. That was what he. Put yes, out. I saw, I saw exactly. you responded to it. Too. You saw that too. I got I that answer out of him <laughs> when he said on my mama, but that's the part that I brought into the locker room. Yeah, it's bad, but guess what, guys? We're going to practice anyway. We're going to do the show. I'm going to find a joke out of it. I'm going to find a good time out of it. I'm going to keep the guys going. And that was my part of, like, that team, especially because you football is hard. The game is the game. But everything that surrounds it, especially social media, you got to be able to take guys away. If a guy's having a little bit of a bad day, like I was always got to try to, hey, we got a job to do. We're going to have fun. And guess what? At the end of the day, this is a small problem to what's actually going on in this world. And I, I think that's kind of what the coaches are getting at a little bit. I'm sure the protocols of sticking swabs up your nose every day, two times testing, like that's a little bit of the added stress of just when you when guys say, I just want to play ball. That's the aspects of it where you don't really account for. And I, I'm sure them saying they, they want me there as part of lightening the mood, I guess, a little bit. Well, it's the Eagles this weekend and in front of actual fans at Heinz Field. Um, yeah. The Commonwealth of Pennsylvania is allowing roughly 5,000 people in to see uh, both of the state's franchises, I might add, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Yeah. And uh, that's going to be one thing. But another thing is the fact that the Steelers will be looking to go 4-0 against a team that I hate to keep saying this week after week that really should beat. 
Um, and, and Ramon, you know, I wrote a column for our site earlier this week that said, I'm tired of having these analyses be so simple for me. <laughs> I can't get past the fact that the Eagles have one healthy offensive lineman, this, the, the center, Jason Peters, and everyone else is either completely new or a rookie or in the case of the, yeah. the, the, the left tackle is a Jason Kelsey, who that center was. Oh yes. Yeah. Sorry. Um, the, the rugby player, the six foot eight rugby player that the Eagles yeah. have that they just brought from Australia, who's literally learning football on the job is going to be starting opposite Bud Dupree. I can't analyze past that. I just can't. I don't want to hear about Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave and even I can't because no. they're they're going to eat Carson Wentz alive. Yeah. And you know what? Uh in the words of Coach Tomlin, nobody cares about your problems or they're glad you got them is what the Philadelphia Eagles are right now. Yeah. Like legitimately. Like that old line being dismantled the way it is right now. Guess what? And it's not my problem we developed Bud and TJ. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. not my fault that Cam Hayward is an all-world player and Stefan Tewitt is healthy and moving along. Like, they got some stuff that they got to work on this week as far as uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. And this is just somebody else that I'm sure this defense is just looking to mow down. When you become a good team the way this team is right now, you mow down the people you're supposed to mow down. Like, guess what? Crank the lawnmower and let's roll. Like, that's exactly <laughs> how – they're rolling and you think bud dupree and tj are not looking to feast this weekend? Oh, th there's no sympathy uh, coming, from, coming from those edges uh Did but it's not just that the eagles don't have deshaun jackson uh, they're missing no. they were actually down to the point in their in their win which was by the way impressive that they managed to win against the 49ers yeah. out in santa clara uh with their number four wide receiver without their top four wide receivers were all yeah. out you got to look um, at san francisco didn't have their franchise quarterback either this past week no and but also yeah. the, the 49ers were missing five guys including nick bosa on their line which is yes. going to help your novice offensive lineman survive the game and the the philadelphia Inquirer has been writing all these glowing stories about the individual performances of those offensive linemen. Well, that's great. They were lined up against other backups. You know what I <laughs> they mean? Were, they I mean, were. This is they, a different beast they're facing here. They won't have that this weekend. That's for, that's for damn sure. It'll be a whole lot different this weekend because when, you, when there's blood in the water, you got to go feast. Like, you have to go face it. Only interesting thing about this game to me is you have a Javon Hargraves on the other side. Yes, you and do. And if you know that group of Cam, Tuit, and Javon, for sure, those three right there, they and also Tyson, that, that quattro of guys right there always are in competition with each other, always were a little, like, I don't want to say petty, but they tried to best each other a lot. Petty. <laughs> Hargraves this weekend is going to be turned up, okay? Like 100% turned up. And, and on the other side of that, you're going to have Cam trying to outdo him or that entire D-line trying to outdo him this weekend. That's interesting. I know Hargraves is going to go play. The, the battle between the O-line and D-lines on both sides of the ball is going to be real interesting simply because former teammate concept. You know how it is with Mike Wallace. When he made that longest touchdown and Raven history against us or whatever it was at the time, he did that for a reason. Former teams, oh, yeah. man, like that stuff happened. I mean, Mike is dynamic and fast as ever, but 
you want to get your old team for sure. Oh yeah, I, I I think within within what you mentioned about the the, the two lines, one thing that's that's going to be interesting here is that Philadelphia likes to rotate, not likes to, they do rotate. They rotate wow. very heavily on that defensive line. Uh, even Fletcher Cox, they move yep. him on and off the field. They try to keep his snap count, and they move down. him guard to center to DN. Oh, yeah. I mean, which which yeah, you would yeah. too. Yeah, uh, I'll be the one to say this, but Fletcher Cox, not all that long ago, oh my goodness, did he feast upon the Pittsburgh Steelers in that game in Philadelphia. I say that with all due respect, um, including to poor David DeCastro, who I went to after the game. This was in, in Philly, and I go up to Dave afterward, and he knows what you know, he knows yeah. he didn't yeah. have his best day. And I, I just I kind of look at him and he goes, Wow. Like, what was that? (laughs) Hey, all you can answer is this. Sometimes you get the bear and sometimes the bear gets you. Yeah. I've been that way on the the other side of that. A guy like Malik Jackson, he he had a good one against me. I won't lie. Like, he's a dynamic guy. And it'll be a real good test for Matt Fowler, which Matt is already going against, I think, one of the best guys in the entire NFL, Aaron Donald. But Malik is special because the Joker is 6'5", 6'6", maybe even 6'7". And he's got long arms. Like, it's one thing for Aaron Donald to be, like, strong, but his arms aren't long. He's not tall, yeah, yeah. No. Malik is dynamic to where he can move you with his arms to separate himself from you really huh. fast. There's going to be a good matchup this weekend. But on the edge, we got we, we got Toops, who's still a baby as far as we talk about, like, his, his playing career. He's got well, a Derek Barnett. Go ahead. Well, I, you know, the, the, one of the, the points of discussion on the South side all week here has been that, you know, let's, let's see some more no huddle. Let's get more no huddle. The Steelers have not been using a whole lot of no huddle. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to ask you is how much that can impact a team that likes to rotate heavily, but also just in general what the impact is, including on Ben. I'll say this. Running no huddle works if you're making conversions. If you're running your de- if you're if you're three and out and you're running your defense back out there, that's also a recipe to lose. Mm. Looking back on why you don't do no huddle right now is because you hadn't had to. You have absolutely hadn't had to. The run game has been steady as far as lining up, huddling up, and going that way. If you start running no huddle right now and you you set that defense out, Coach Tomlin wants that defense strong for the latter part of the season. When it's time to start getting seeding, playoff seeding, Baltimore, mm-hmm. when we start talking about knocking off the Bills and stuff like that, that's when you start to get more and more comfortable. Then you got to look at the other side of it, too. It's just, it's just working. Like, huddling up is fine. They're doing their motions. They're trying to undress teams as much as they can. And maybe it's also if you, if you do no huddle right now, then how much are you throwing on Ben's arm? Because you know, like I know, no huddle is basically – it's oh, it's just fest. it's it's just gunning, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's no so, question. There's a couple what, of things to look at with that. What's your uh what's your score for the game? This game right here, or are you talking about my Vols against Georgia? Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh oh, okay. versus Philadelphia. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh wins very well. I, I think this this team can still put up 30. 30? I think they can put up 30. Yes. And Philly gets I, I give 30 to 17 simply because Carson Wentz is a uh, – he's won a Super Bowl. He's played big games. And, hey, even a broke clock is uh, right two times a day. <laughs> I guess we can't argue with that one, right? Yeah.